0: If you're new to my podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Do you know someone who's suffered from some sort of abuse? Have you ever thought to yourself when you see them having an experience where it seems like they're overreacting to something or making a big deal out of it and you think, wow, that was a little dramatic or calm down. Maybe you've been the one who's suffered some kind of abuse and along your journey you wondered, why do I react the way I do even though I know I'm not in that same situation, I am safe, so why do I keep reacting the way that I do? Let's talk about that today. But before we do, let me introduce myself. My name is Dr. Kelly Ray and I'm a mindset coach, counselor, notably known as the inner critic tamer. And I am passionate about helping others just like you and me who have survived things perhaps we don't necessarily like to talk about, but we know we want to be better for ourselves because it not only impacts our lives, but those around us. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner childhood conditioning, or as I'd like to say, undo that crap that happened to you and continues to keep you somewhat stuck and teach you how to heal from it in order to live the vibrant life you were designed to live. And during this week's episode, we're gonna be talking about understanding how abuse-related trauma its, and its effects and how to identify it and why healing is so vital. So let's first start with understanding what is abuse-related trauma. Abuse-related trauma can develop after a person's been hurt and or neglected, usually in childhood. Some may have been sexually or physically abused. Some could have been emotionally abused or neglected. As a result, a person may have overwhelming feelings of distress, fear, and maybe even helplessness. Traumatic childhood events can change the way a person's brain and body works. Trauma can affect the person's emotions, memory, thinking, and sense of self. Trauma can also affect relationships, even future relationships if gone unhealed. And more importantly, we don't get to decide whether someone else's traumatic experience is real or not. And we don't get to decide the severity of it. Most often the effects of abuse trauma is developed as a child and are felt like helplessness or being trapped. Often the abuser was a family member, a family, friend, or someone amongst the community of those you know. And just for example's sake, one in five women have been sexually abused in childhood. One in two have been sexually assaulted or have experienced attempted sexual assault as an adult. And most importantly, know that sexual abuse affects both men and women from all backgrounds. So how do the effects of trauma develop? Trauma is a normal response to being abused. Many children survive abuse by developing ways of coping that last into adulthood. And these survival skills may have served them to get through whatever was happening during that time period. But what later happens when we move into adulthood, we inadvertently continue to use those survival tactics and they actually can work against us and sabotage our success our relationships, and and so on. Children who are abused may not be able to understand that what is happening to them is wrong. Yet their bodies, they may register the danger and as adults, their bodies still hold the memories of the abuse. These sorts of things store within the cellular level of the human body which if you've ever had a massage or even if you're a massage therapist listening to this i know that you've i at least would hope that you were trained during school that there is a possibility while massaging someone that a client could inadvertently just either break out hysterically laughing sometimes they just break down crying and then are wondering where all of that came from these are just aspects that are stored within the cellular body our body has it's a memory capacities cell it holds everything and and just so you know that this can be cleared this can be managed and this can be healed in many it just requires doing some work to do that as a result many who have been abused are easily triggered by things that remind them of the abuse their bodies may feel as if they are reliving the trauma and they may have flashbacks sudden vivid and unpleasant memories of an event that just comes right up out of nowhere keep in mind that this can happen even in the workplace environment at a gathering around people during a conversation with friends it doesn't necessarily have to be the ideal or not ideal the exact situation in which the initial trauma happened it, it doesn't and so that's why it can seem like a little out of place when someone may have a a triggering response to something that most that are in the situation think what the heck's going on or wow that was a little bit much That's just an example of how that could happen. One doesn't necessarily need, again, to be in a similar situation to their initial abuse, to have what is known as, as I mentioned, a trigger, which we'll talk about that later in this episode. People cope with painful feelings in different ways. For example, they may develop an eating disorder or misuse alcohol or drugs, including prescription drugs, or harm themselves. Cutting was a good example. Bulimia is another good example. These behaviors may help cope for a while, but they often make you feel more isolated and depressed and can increase anxiety and sleep problems. Trauma effects can make someone feel out of control or that they are going crazy. One may feel either emotionally numb or suddenly alert and panicky. Many may not realize that they are reacting to things that remind them of the abuse. In fact, they may not even know that abuse can affect their lives many years later and do not connect the common effects of trauma to the experiences of childhood abuse. So let's, let's talk about recognizing abuse-related trauma. Let's look at what some of the effects of trauma caused by abuse can include. Trouble sleeping, having panic attacks and anxiety, drinking and or taking drugs, binge eating purging throwing up food or even starving feeling like you don't want to live or you can't go on with your life that it just seems too painful repeated experiences of sexual or physical violence could be abusive pattern of having the same kind of abusive relationship with somebody feelings of self-hate and or low self-esteem, fearing people and relationships. Sometimes when people seek help, the care provider may link their reactions with abuse-related trauma, may not link their reactions with abuse-related trauma, especially if this type of abuse was never mentioned during sessions. If we're not really talking about what's happened, then this could get mistreated. This can result in wrongly diagnosing and giving unhelpful treatments, including some types of medicines. Often the care provider sees the trauma effects as examples of maybe substance abuse or depression. See that as the problem rather than as a result of trauma of something happening. As someone who may know someone who has gone through something like this you may ask what makes someone with abuse related trauma feel worse there are many situations that can make a person's trauma worse and I'd like to share at least five of them with you one silencing some may Try to talk to friends or family members about the abuse. If they are told to just forget it or go on with your life or come on, get over it already, they can feel isolated and silenced. Number two is abuse relationships. If someone is in a relationship with someone who is emotionally, physically, spiritually, or sexually abusive, it worsens the effect of the original trauma. It also doesn't allow them the safety they need for healing. Number three, discrimination. For many, discrimination or judgment is in an everyday experience. This causes stress, which is especially hard on someone who is already traumatized. Also, culturally people of color or those part of the lgbtq community racism and homophobia such discrimination and harsh judgment can add to the lack of safety it also adds to the fact that often people of color or of the lgbtq plus community choose not to talk about it, choose not to even seek help for it because they've been conditioned that, that in some way asking for help is wrong. That goes back to that other category of we you should just suck it up and even maybe blaming them for somehow it's their fault that this is all happening. This does not mean that it does not happen with men and women alike, it does. And people of multiple cultural uh ethnicities or doesn't matter the color it can happen to anybody but I just want to point out those two particular groups because they have even more so been conditioned to to not talk about it and and that causes a lot of undue stress and uh, possibly attempts at harming themselves in grave ways Poverty can also limit a person's choice. Example, the ability to pay for treatment that, that can add to the problem or not knowing where to get help or feel like they're being shamed into getting help. Which brings me to number four, blame and shame. Without support and understanding, far too many continue to feel guilty and ashamed. This can make them become isolated, feel depressed or harm themselves. Feelings of guilt and shame occur when the person was blamed for the abuse, was pressured to keep the abuse secret, was wrongly believed that they willingly joined in or wanted the abuse or told others about their abuse and were not believed. This brings me to number five, which is trauma and relationships. Because trauma often results when being hurt by another person it can affect one's trust in people. Some grow up expecting that others will hurt them as a result they have trouble developing trust. Some trust others too easily and have difficulty judging who is safe. They learned in childhood that some family members they loved and trusted had also abused them. As a result, They learn to hand over their trust even if the other person didn't earn or deserve it. Sexual abuse can affect one's sexuality. It can confuse sex with love and care. This is because the abuser gave them attention and affection mainly through sexual contact. Experiences like this may also put someone at more risk of unwanted or forced sex as an adult. Some have learned to avoid sex or intimacy because these experiences may bring up negative feelings and memories connected with past abuse. So let's talk about strength and healing. If you have experienced childhood abuse. It can be overwhelming and upsetting to learn how it has affected your life. Remind yourself that you are a survival. No matter how hard life has been, you have found the strength to go on. If you're listening to this right now, I know that you're a survivor. I know that you want better for your life. I know you want better, if you're listening to this and you know somebody who's gone through some of these things that you've already heard, I know you're here because you're wanting to somehow help your family member or your friend or your coworker or somebody who means something to you. It is also important to respect the ways of coping that have allowed you to protect yourself and to survive emotionally and physically. This same strength can be used in your work towards healing from abuse. Healing starts with learning to identify and understand what has happened to you and how it affects your life today. That way you can find the kind of help you need to recover. So why is healing important? Let's talk about that. Healing is important because it allows you to feel more in control of your life and entitled to your own thoughts and feelings. It allows you to develop closer relationships with others. Connection to others is one of the very basic human needs of life, and if we could get you to a point that you could at least have a connection with some other humans that would be safe for you, how amazing would that be? Healing is important because it helps you to free yourself from the traumatic past, thus allowing you to no longer relive it In nightmares or in your daily life whenever you feel afraid or powerless. It can help you relieve pain, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and depression. It can help you experience your body and feelings in a much healthier way. It can help you understand and manage trauma triggers. The unfortunate reality is that it is almost impossible to avoid trauma triggers completely. Luckily, there are steps that you can take to identify your trauma triggers. You can also learn how to manage your triggers so that you can continue to live a healthy, vibrant life after trauma. I can tell you that it is absolutely possible. I'm living proof of that. I've had to go through all of these things that I talk about with you on many of these episodes. I talk to you not only from a professional standpoint of training, but I also talk to you from a personal level of experiencing many of these things. And like so many of us that have. Gone through similar things we may be skeptical about certain things we may not be again not as trusting which is why in some ways I'm grateful that I had the experiences I had because I don't doubt that there's a possibility at all of moving through them I don't doubt any longer whether or not they're real or not I don't doubt any longer whether or not somebody can have an amazing quality of life beyond the crap that's happened. Because I lived through it, I worked through it, I did the work. And that's what I come on every week for is to offer possibilities to you to offer strategies, tips, things that may cause you to pause and think maybe they're to get your own help, maybe it's to reach out and connect with me, whatever it may be, please know my intentions are to help you get through not only your week, but some of these deeper conversations that we're having, because they're very real, they're very viable, and they are really impacting the quality of human life, we see this every single day around us, by the behavior that you see exuded by folks, whether it be road rage or, you know, just hysteria. Any of those things, a lot of them you can see there as a result of people feeling out of control. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what a trauma trigger is. A trauma trigger is anything that triggers the feelings of trauma. It is developed during a traumatic event such as, examples would be war or violence, child abuse or neglect, physical, emotional, spiritual or sexual abuse, accidents and natural disasters, grief and loss. So what causes these trauma triggers? when facing a traumatic event your brain is on high alert think at the most current example that i can give you of this right now in october of 2022 is the recent hurricane ian that has gone through fort myers and uh, florida and that you you have no doubt that the citizens of that eastern southern eastern coast specifically Florida, Florida you can imagine how their brains were on high alert making sure hoping that the, that they were all doing the best that they could do to get through a really really stressful situation such as a natural disaster which you have absolutely no control over so if the event is not stored in your memory as an event it can if it is if it's not let me rephrase that again if the event is not stored in your memory as a past event, it can lead to PTSD which is also known as post-traumatic stress disorder more and more we're hearing about post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD not just being related to war, which is what most people initially thought of was soldiers coming back from war and what they may have experienced. Trauma's trauma, whether it be in the warlike zone, whether it be in your own home or some of these other things I've mentioned to you. Yes, even abuse related trauma can lead to ptsd meaning you could have had some traumatic event that happened in the past 20 30 years later 40 years later all of a sudden you're having post-traumatic stress from those events that happen because the many ways we do what we do as humans and try to protect ourselves from perhaps mem- remembering these things, avoiding these things, stuffing our feelings down. All of those things we can do a really good job sometimes of trying to mask or hide or, you know, get rid of those things. But we never know when they're going to reopen and have some impact on our lives that cause us to say, Oh my God, what just happened? During the traumatic event your brain associates different details with the traumatic memory these details could be anything such as emotions sights smells or even touch a fabric for instance or a texture could trigger a a traumatic post-traumatic stress response triggers may seem unrelated to the trauma that occurred They are caused by associations that your brain makes as a protective measure. For example, if you smelled a certain scent leading up to a traumatic event, your brain may begin to associate that scent with danger. So what happens when you encounter a trauma trigger? Encountering these triggers can cause PTSD reactions such as anxiety or panic attacks or vivid flashbacks of the traumatic event or violence or aggression. Could also lead to extreme bouts of sadness, substance abuse to lessen the pain. There are types of trauma triggers as well and I'd like to talk about that right now as well anything from a smell or a sound to a negative feeling or emotion can become a trauma trigger there are two types of trauma triggers there's internal triggers and external triggers internal triggers happen within your body memories Feelings, emotions, or bodily sensations like a racing heart or sweaty palms, they can trigger PTSD. Examples of internal triggers include feelings of anxiety or anger or rage, feeling abandoned or lonely or vulnerable, feelings of frustration or sadness, memories, pain or muscle tension so let's look at the other side of that let's look at what the external triggers are external triggers on the other hand happen outside of your body situations people or places can trigger PTSD symptoms and bring back feelings of the traumatic event examples of external triggers include anniversaries of trauma Seeing a person connected to the traumatic event. Smells or sounds, again, or textures. A television show or a movie that reminds you of the traumatic event. A news article that reminds you of it. These triggers can bring on uncomfortable and debilitating memories or feelings whether from acute distress order or PTSD. And learning how to manage these unexpected triggers can allow you to live a much fuller, more vibrant life. So how to identify these trauma triggers we're talking about? Since trauma triggers are not always obvious, You may not realize what is triggering the feelings or the memories of the trauma. To help determine the cause of these feelings that you might be experiencing, you can think about what typically happens when you experience PTSD. And maybe this is the first time you've ever even acknowledged or thought, huh, maybe I do have whatever this, PTSD is this post-traumatic stress disorder meaning I'm having a reaction to something that may have happened quite some time ago but I'm having this reaction now so things that you could ask is what types of situations are you in what is going on around you during an episode of PTSD or when you're having these triggers What thoughts and emotions are you experiencing? What does your body feel like? It is important to consider both the internal and external situations you're in as either can become a trigger after a traumatic event. And if you're unable to pinpoint the trigger of your symptoms, a close family member or a friend may be able to help identify these triggers. A therapist or a coach like myself can also help determine the origin of your trauma response by helping you examine the environment of your PTSD reaction. So how do we manage these trauma triggers? Many people cope with trauma triggers in in unhealthy ways, such as substance abuse, or simply keeping those traumatic events bottled up and stuffed down. We, you know, we try to stuff them and hide them as best we can. You know, putting on the good f- front, the good face, the "I'm fine" T-shirt, when in reality we're anything but fine. However, there are much better ways to deal with these symptoms and these triggers that can allow you to continue again a healthy life after trauma the best way to manage trauma triggers is to avoid them and i mean isn't that just like the perfect world we just won't deal with life at all it's not possible that's that's not what we're here to do At least in my opinion, I feel like we all have something to do. We all bring something to the table. And and wouldn't you want to do more than just try to manage running from something that you're exhausted from? Because you're always trying to run from feeling what you're feeling. Unfortunately, in the real world, this isn't always possible to just pretend like it's not happening or to ignore or deny what's happening because the thing is here's the reality of those things everyone else around you can see the behavior can see the pain or the suffering or the victimization or the reactions even if you're trying to mask them yourselves we just it it gets seen it could be felt by others around you by how you maybe distance yourself i I mean i could go on this forever and i don't want to get too sidetracked that i'm losing track of where we are so i can keep this in some kind of sequential order for you the best way to manage trauma triggers is being aware of your triggers is the first great step that you can to coping with PTSD or your abuse related responses an awareness of what is happening to you can help you feel less out of control when you encounter unavoidable triggers and i know some may ask of me, is that true? Have you come? Have do you still deal with triggers from the sexual abuse that happened f- since I was very young? And yes, sometimes I still get triggered. And and to be very truthful with you, there's sometimes when I'm still really kind of surprised that wow, I wasn't expecting to have that kind of a sensation happen within my body. The good news is though, because I am so attuned and aware of it now, because of the work I was willing to do, I now can handle it in a much healthier way that helps me from tail spinning or helps me from, you know, putting myself in a worse situation. So yeah, there's there's still times where things come up and you're like, ah, Crap, I wasn't expecting that to happen, but you know what? At least I know what it is, and I can do a couple of things, which I'm going to share with you right now. Is there some relaxation techniques that for these kinds of responses that we can use? And it doesn't have to just necessarily be on the subject matter we're talking about today, which is about, you know, abuse related trauma. It can happen for if you have anxiety if you have stress related to some other thing it could be anything so many people also find that relaxation techniques can be helpful for coping with symptoms of these triggers that can happen these include exercises such as meditation you hear me talk about these quite often whether I'm talking about self-help or some of the other strategies is meditation is a great way of calming your mind, calming your your body. And the thing is, is some people think that meditation means that you just go sit on a rock with your legs crossed and your hands on your knees and you say om until you just totally zinned out to nothingness. And I'm going to tell you that is just like the depiction of anything that Hollywood puts out. That's that's not necessarily meditation. There's walking meditation where you could just be walking. It's a matter of clearing your mind, allowing your mind to do what it does, but getting you into a space of relaxation. So don't think that you're messing it up, you're screwing it up, that there's something wrong with you because you can't meditate, because you can't shut your mind down and go to that euphoric zen place where nothing matters because I'm gonna I'll just debunk that for you right now you don't have to do that deep breathing practices these are amazing techniques you know the navy seals use these techniques themselves you know and this is something that you can just do yourself to get you calm get you centered get you grounded get you back into your physical body if you can get your mind body back into itself it immediately can calm anxiety can calm stress it can give you a sense of being more in control mindfulness progressive muscle relaxation self soothing expressive writing or journaling physical movement is another great way to get yourself, again, walking, maybe it's dancing, Maybe I don't know, maybe it's going to the gym and lifting weights, maybe it's tossing that tractor tire across the gym floor to get out whatever's inside of you. Along with doing the emotional work, again, with somebody like myself or somebody who can help you safely get through those experiences and learn how to heal from them. And as I wrap up this week's episode, I cannot express enough how one can recover from abuse related trauma and that a thriving quality of life is absolutely possible. Maybe it's been to have the dream of having your own business one day. Maybe it's the dream of having a healthy, loving, kind, supportive partner in your life. Maybe it's having a child that you feel safe to raise, love, nurture, and support along their journey. Whatever it may be, I'm here to remind you that it is absolutely possible. And what most may not talk about is some of the pitfalls of not seeking help to recover or heal from these things. People with unhealed abuse related trauma can become abusers themselves and perpetuate the cycle of abuse to yet another generation. People with unhealed abuse-related trauma can create situations in their lives that allow them to continue to be victimized even if there is no abuse involved. People with unhealed abuse-related trauma can inadvertently condition their children to assume victim-like traits. I want you to think about that. I really want you to think about that. Seeking help is imperative to undoing what has happened in order to create the quality of life you are absolutely deserving of having. When you look for help make sure you are comfortable with the person that you choose and with their experience and their approach ask questions of them. Also, you're not locked into one person. Maybe you just don't gel with somebody. That's fine. Then find someone else. There's enough of us out there that surely somebody can help you along the way to get you to where you want to go. If you found this helpful or know someone who could use a little extra support along the way, I'm going to encourage you to share this podcast. Moreover, if you'd like to get in touch with me, I'd love to be able to share some ways that you can do that. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B, B in brown. My website is drkellyray.com and my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week, please know I send you so much.